I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are the Armchair Experts. It's trade time. Get involved. Hashtag Armchair Experts at 7AFL. Adam Cooney, a man who knows this time particularly well, traded for pick 164 back in 2014. There's a lot of people who thought that was overs. And then Mitch Cleary from Channel 7 now on fire two days in and not missing a beat. How you doing, boys? Well, he's on fire, and I've been traded for pick 127. Is that where we're at, is it? I am trade god. Look. Trade God. <laughs> you the mega trade God. If I have to listen to you on trade radio, given some of the most hypothetical 11 trade 42 play, you, you, you again, after everyone said Lockie Neal ain't going anywhere, you included him in two trades. You got him into, I think you got him into South Australia. So congratulations. Three words. Watch this space. <laughs> Mitch, Lockie Neal. Is it done? As in dead? Uh, 99% dead, Cam. You never say never until the last day. Dane Beams was meant to be dead. That came back to life. So you never say never. I think Lockie Neal will be playing at Brisbane. Now, all right, let's start with Jordan Dawson, who had a great year. Third in the BNF at Sydney, of course, wants to get to Adelaide. Pick four is what the Crows have. They also have pick 23. Right now, their poles apart. I'll start with you, Adam. Who had a better year, Jordan Dawson or Adam Chera? Uh, Jordan Dawson had a better year, uh, and in saying that, I probably saw Jordan Dawson play more than Adam more than Adam Cherrett. But to finish top three, best and fairest, after only being in the system for four or five years, is an unbelievable effort. And I think they both got a huge amount of upside. Um, but I think Dawson had a better year. Cherrett's got slightly more upside. I think they can both become A grade uh, midfielders. But um, Jordan, the year that. He put together, I think, is certainly worthy of that first-round pick. I did float the idea today of putting 23 and 37 together and then taking 17 from the Western Bulldogs. That would work for both parties. Then uh, the deal could be done for Sam Darcy in terms of points and then it satisfies the first-round selection for the Sydney Swans. Mitch, I asked that question because we are all very accepting of the fact that pick six will get Adam Chera done, but pick four seems to be incredibly unrealistic when Sydney asked for it from the Crows. Is this a preseason draft leverage type of thing where we're like, well, he just gets marched to the preseason draft? What, why is it that we allow six for Chera, but a man like Dawson who had a great year and is only going to get better, we just straight away brush away pick four? It's a good question. And Charlie Gardner said as much today, speaking on Melbourne Radio Cam, saying that if he was in the draft this year, we'd take Jordan Dawson in, pick to, in the top 10 every day of the week. So I can see where the Swans sit on it. I'm with the Coons. I think that the Chera upside is more than Jordan Dawson. He's a couple of years younger than Dawson. And really, Dawson's only had one good year. Adam Chera was drafted as a top five pick. I think everyone can see he's going to be a star of the future. But I, I can see where the Swans are coming from. I think Coons, the idea you had to allow all parties, that 17 that you spoke about for the Bulldogs, that is definitely up for grabs because I don't want to go to the draft with that 
given uh, that will just get sucked up in uh, in points for, for Sam Darcy. So they may as well try and split it, get some extra points. I think it's a win-win for all parties. Good Adelaide. I still think it'll get done. I, I still think this will get done in some way. But could Adelaide march him, for use of a better word, to the preseason draft? Because uh, you would think in the way that it's currently said, AFL clubs, say North Melbourne right now, Collingwood would probably maybe have to get Lipinski that way over day, they got Kruger done today. The Gold Coast have got a million other things they've got to worry about outside of Jordan Dawson. They could get him in the preseason draft and put stipulations on it that means that in the end, no team, only three of them above, would end up taking him. Oh, I think they could absolutely do that because the Crows have got so much salary cap room. We've seen other clubs do it in recent years. Jack Martin, Jackson Haightley, the Crows did it last year for Haightley. The difference with Chera and Dawson when it comes to the preseason draft I don't think the Blues can walk Chera to the preseason no, draft because they're lower down. Plus, they've got North Melbourne and Hawthorne in between who have got more room in their salary cap. And they could easily nab Adam Chera for free at the top of the preseason draft. But for the Crows, he's only going to South Australia. He doesn't want to look at any other clubs. And the Crows have top three or four pick in the preseason draft and they've got room in their cap. So, totally different. And that's why I think that threat is there for the Crows. It's going to be a fun one to watch. I reckon it's the last one we'll be talking about uh, as we head down the path closer to the deadline next week. Are we getting closer? Could there be to a situation, so, sorry, Kemp. Could there be a situation, Mitch, where um, Sydney play hardball with Jordan Dawson and say, "Look, this is a situation. The Crows aren't coming to the party with this pick. You either walk to the preseason draft, take your chances, or we can do a sweeter deal that involves Port Adelaide." I don't think the Port Adelaide. I think it's pretty rare now these days, Coons, that a player would do this. I think. We've seen recent years clubs hold the player to their wish and force their hand. That was Tim Kelly as a recent example. He was under contract at the time. I think the Cats wanted to do a deal with Fremantle the first time around yeah. and they couldn't get it done uh, when he wanted to go to West Coast. So pretty rare. And it's funny because we've got free agency. Players have to wait until their eighth year for free agency. But you can essentially say that Adam Chera is almost a free agent the way that this yeah. is being dealt. Same with Jordan Dawson. They've just chosen their one club and want to get this happen. So uh, I think the player usually gets their way, especially when it comes to these two players, and they're both out of contract. Where is Chera at? Are we getting closer to this deal getting done? I think the Jordan Clark, Clark one's holding it up, Cam, and the Cats hold uh, a few. I think the Lipinski uh, thing, uh, most likely to be later, maybe even preseason draft, that's happened. But Kruger, the Cats got uh, 41 as part of that. I think that could be thrown in as part of the deal to send Jordan Clark to Fremantle, something that well, will be coming back in a significant way. You've been sniffing around Geelong for a number of years, and you asked this question, I assume, of Chris Scott and, and Matthew Sculler before he left. Why didn't they play him? Well, they went with Ockie Henderson. They went for something mm-hmm. they, they knew all about. It was Henderson or Kruger. Kruger got a couple of games late in the season when Henderson uh, Henderson missed through, through personal reasons. But Kruger wants to play as a forward. Colling would have offered him that opportunity. And he's not going to be playing in attack at the Cats when you've got Radaglia, Cameron and Hawkins in his way. So he wants more opportunity and the Pies have promised that. All right, Adam, you are the trade god. Hashtag armchair experts to get involved at 7AFL. Hawthorne have put their hand up and said, we're, we're open to doing some crazy things to be able to have Sam Mitchell imprint straight up as he gets into year one of coaching. Who's got the most trade value when we're talking about these guys who have had exceptional careers? Is it Bruce? Is it Gunston? Is it O'Meara? Or is it Tom Mitchell? Who do you think is most likely to get the highest amount of trade value out of those four players? Well, it's certainly not the first two, uh, given their age profile of uh, Bruce and Gunston. It's probably Tom Mitchell, and it'll be a needs basis, you'd think. So, so when you think about Tom Mitchell, the in-and-under style of player that he is, he, he actually doesn't accumulate 
clearances like some of the upper echelon players. It gets a lot of footy. It gets a fair bit of contested footy, but a lot of it is short stuff that he gets. So in terms of a, a club, so if a Richmond, for example, finish 17th and 18th this year in contested possession and clearance, if they're thinking, well, we need to address this issue and maybe give up our first round pick for a player like Tom Mitchell, I'm not sure he satisfies the needs of that. So, But it, I think he's probably the only one for a club out there that would be willing um, that would be willing to give up a first round pick for Tom Mitchell. The others um, would be a needs type basis for for Gunston um, and also Bruce to try and fill a void. And then O'Meara is probably the next one uh, in that rank. And then Wingard, I think Wingard has the potential to possibly go to another club. Uh, we saw what he did early in his career: a couple of All Australians and kicked over fifty goals. And wanted to go to the Hawks to play in the midfield. I think that high forward role with that X factor suits him a bit more than in the midfield. So maybe in terms of value there, but it's probably Mitchell. Hey, just, just on O'Meara then. So is this an injury thing? Is this, he's had his knee issues, of course, or is, is well documented. Is this a, is this a more of an injury thing where you're not sure where his body's at, or you just don't think he's played well enough to suggest he's worth a first rounder? Like a pick 15, still too high for Jaeger O'Meara? So it's not so much an injury thing for me. It's it's so when we used to play against Jago Mira in his first couple of years at the Gold Coast Suns, he was lightning fast. And I mean used to run away from Ryan Griffin out of packs, who was pretty quick himself. So since that knee injury, he's lost that speed and that was his game. So he's had to adapt and change his game to that style. So he's more now of an accumulator and a nice player. Can win his own ball inside. So he's got that good balance, I suppose, of inside and outside. If you're going to give up pick 15 for him, you would probably want five to six years of great footy and then look to be looking at winning a flag in, in two to three years with a player like Diego Romero. So... I'm not saying he's not worth pick 15, but if the club was going to give that up, they'd want to be in the flag window for the next in the next two to three years. Which and on that, pick, on that pick 15, Coons, I think the one factor we've got to look at here with the Hawks is they could easily pay a lot of that wage. If Jager Ramirez, let's say for argument's sake, it's on $500,000, $600,000 of that money, a club like Richmond or, or someone else in the window and sees himself contending, they could get him for only a couple hundred thousand dollars. The, the Hawks have that much room in their salary cap if they want a better pick, they can say to another club, all right, we'll pay two-thirds of this contract. You take him off our hands, but you've got to give us a better pick in return. I think that's what a few clubs are weighing up when it comes to these Hawks' uh, ageing stars and whether they can prize them out of Waverley Park. Well, what, did, what did you make of the, the Hawthorne narrative or at least the conversations coming out of Hawthorne the last 24 hours? And who do you think is the most gettable, Mitch, out of those four players who have had great careers, company, premierships thrown in there as well, Wingard, All-Australians, of course, O'Meara's, exceptionally good, and Tom Mitchell's got a brown lower around his neck. Who do you think's more likely to find himself in a new home? I think Gunson probably is the most gettable given his age, and he's, he's indicated at times, and he wants to look around to the Hawks. Can't see him going anywhere now, Cam, but I think he's the most gettable. Then you look at Mitchell and O'Meara. I think Wingard is the one that they can't lose. He's the one that's got speed. That midfield lacks speed. He's got zip in the, in the front half. I think of all those guys we've mentioned, uh, that 27-28 bracket, <laughs> Uh, Chad Wingard is the one that the Hawks can at least afford to lose. Well, what's the medical report on Jack Gunston? Oh, I think the Hawks are pretty confident he'll get back. Obviously, there'd be concerns at other clubs. If anyone wants to look at him, they'd have to run him through a medical. Played just the one game this year. Had pre-season mm. back surgery, then had it again. Uh, it ruled him out of the season. So there would be no, some, some doubts, no doubt. Uh, but his last full season, he was the best and fairest at a footy club. So... Uh, let's see where it falls. I'm sure clubs, it might be a bit late if, if no one's done a medical now, um, but you never say never in trade period. 
Hashtag armchair experts to get involved at 7AFL. Your mega trade today, Adam, where did you have Peter Laddams end up? Peter Laddams ended up at Sydney. So um, the Port Adelaide supporters weren't wrapped with it. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but I had to get him out of there because Port Adelaide have said to him at the end of the season, feel free to explore your opportunities elsewhere. So people are saying that, well, he wasn't he wasn't worth, in the end, I think it was around pick 31 for Peter Laddams, which is where it worked out. People are saying, well, Port, we, we're getting absolutely shafted in this deal, but this is a player who's on big money uh, with a back-ended deal. And Port Adelaide have said to him, explore your opportunities elsewhere. So, I mean, that's where it sits with me. Um, and Sydney, um, I think, were exploring the opportunity of getting Peter Laddams only 12 months ago. So they're still in that frame speaking to Charlie Gardner today. Hey, do, do you believe, because I find it remarkable, uh, Laddams is in their best 22 and, and played in that that prelim. Is this a way to try and have Georgiatis, Dixon and Marshall all play together? One of those guys, you'd probably guess Georgiatis would be your backup ruckman. Is that what you're thinking they'll structure up next year, Adam? Because I, I know they've put it out there that, oh, you know, unless they get a really good offer, they're going to keep him. But anytime they tell someone to explore other options, they've clearly got something fairly significant in mind when your guy was in your best 22 in a prelim. Well, also early on in the trade chat, they were speaking about um, Jeremy Finlayson and also Tim O'Brien. So in that, I'm thinking, well, there's two forwards that are speaking to Port Adelaide as well. So um, is something happening with one of those players? And it end up, it, it looks likely that it's Laddams. But I would be picking Peter Laddams as a forward to back up Ruck over Todd Marshall, who does some nice, nice things, but I haven't seen the consistency in his game. And also probably the... Um, that fighting spirit that you need from a player, I'll be picking Peter Adams to stay at the club. And um, if you're going to go with a three taller uh, pronged attack, I, I think Georgiades, Dixon, and Laddams is, is a better fit than Marshall at the moment. How many clubs are in the Laddams here, Mitch? Because I'm hearing about six, but there are a few who have said, hey, come join us. But doesn't he want to be the number one ruckman? All these clubs who are saying, come play for us, he's still going to be the number two, except for outside maybe Geelong. So the two clubs that are really keen. Cam, a Hawthorne and Sydney. So I'm really fascinated by Sydney's salary cap. They were tight. Everyone in the competition knows they're tight. How do they go about fitting Laddams in? They actually offered Jordan Dawson a deal of more than $500,000 a season. So I reckon some of that money might have been there for Dawson. They could maybe push that into a, to a deal for Laddams. The Hawks as well, they're looking at moving McAvoy into a different part of the ground. They've told Segler to explore his options. I think mm. he'd be a perfect fit at the Hawks. And all this talk about him being a number one ruck, I think there's a little bit of that, but I don't think it's it's that hard and fast. He definitely wants to be a number one ruck. I think he just wants a bit more love, and the power are definitely not showing him that at the moment, despite a contract for next year. All right. I just want to end on this because I am interested in the Western Bulldogs, Mitch, because they have a situation where they've got an exceptional list. As we know, Jamara comes in as the number one pick last year. Darcy's going to come in this year as a father's son. They've been able to get two really young forwards relatively cheap. But sooner rather than later, they're going to start to command a bit of money. They're going to have all Australians. They come oh so close to a premiership. Traditionally, that starts to boost the value and the market value of some of these players. How do the dogs balance these next couple of years, do you think, from a salary cap point of view? And do you expect that there might be, not necessarily this year, but there might be a player or two squeezed out due to his salary cap and the restrictions around it? I think years to come, absolutely, they won't be able to keep them unless they all take a good haircut. And I'm talking at a good 20 30% off their, their going rate because when you're bringing in Sam Darcy and Jamara Hagen, those kids demand $300,000, $400,000 in their third and fourth years. And they're going to have to pay that. It's, we've never seen this before. 
top two or three picks like Jamara and Sam Darcy coming into a side contending. It's so rare. We've never seen it. And they've got all these guys coming out of contract 22. You've got Bailey Smith, Tim English, Josh Dunkley, Caleb Daniel, Jack McRae, just to mention a few. Someone is going to have to fall out. The other part of it is they've underpaid in their defence. Their defence this year, I reckon average wage, maybe we're looking at two or $300,000 split across their defence. They might have to cop out in a few areas to ensure they've got a good forward line in midfield. And that's some of the things we'll be looking at at the Dogs in years to come, maybe. They'll just have to take a few, uh, maybe like the Giants model, take a few rookie listed or cheaper options on their list. Right. We, we spoke so much, Adam, on the Armchair Experts this year about the uniqueness of a number one pick going to a team that could legitimately win a flag. And they fell that, obviously, quarter and a half short. Now they're going to have another one and Darcy come in and a, a team that is really expected to contend still. But who do you think gets squeezed out? When you, you hear those names and you look at the players who are out of contract in the next 12 or so months, it's it, the big haircuts from some very, very good footballers who have all Australians in their back pocket. They're going to take 30%, as Mitch just said, under market value. Who do you think might get squeezed here? Yeah, it's probably Sam Darcy for me, Cam. I think he's the one who leaves first. No, I don't. <laughs> well, who are you supposed to say? I don't know. Gonna, uh, if, if I had to pick someone now. Uh, in, and so let's just hypothetically say that uh, in three years or two years' time that Sam Darcy, um, Jamara Hagen, and Aaron Norton are, are somehow patrolling the same forward line and killing it. And uh, it's uh, probably Josh Dunkley if it's next year. Do they look to move him on who, who explored a trade 12 months ago? Do, they might lose one of Daniel or Dale, their, their halfbacks, and then English has also been linked um, to other clubs and a bit of frustration with Luke Beveridge. So, look, I'm not going to pick one. I get enough hatred from Western Bulldogs Fair supporters. I, I, don't, I don't know why, but it it purely – can, can those big three work in the same forward line as well? Like, that is pretty quick stuff if you're going to have oh. those three. Norton down there. Bruce has still got a few good years left. Darcy comes in as a, as a gun forward. And then you've got Jamara, the number one pick. Pretty handy. You know, you know what complicates this a little bit too, Mitch? You can't really trade. Like, you can't try and ease some salary cap this year and trade one of these guys because you're going to get a first-round pick for yeah. it. And then you're essentially in the exact same situation just with a different name uh, in maybe two or three years' time. And it's such an intriguing, great situation, no doubt, for the Western Bulldogs fans who spent so much of the last 50 years you know, Simon Beasley and Barry Hall just praying for key forwards. All of a sudden, they got a, you know, they got back-to-back highly rated big boys inside 50. But it does mean that there's a conundrum financially going forward. And their inspirational skipper, Marcus Bontempelli, a massive favour he did this year. Signed a four-year deal, Cam. I reckon he could have easily commanded six, seven or eight years on the open market and could have signed that at the Dogs if he wanted it. But he only did four years. So I reckon that's a massive favour to the Dogs in terms of their long-term projections. Hashtag armchair experts to get involved at 7AFL. Adam, any last words before we let you go home and work on this hypothetical mega trade that you'll drop tomorrow sometime? No, just stay tuned. It's going to be a big one tomorrow. It may involve all 18 clubs. I've got to get um, I've got to get to that stage by the end of the trade period. Mitch, do we expect anything to our break on 7 News over the next 24 hours before we reconvene? Well, I spoke about it tonight, Cam, on 7 News. We're keen to see what happens with Tyson Stengel. Dumped by the Crows at the start of this year. He's getting big interest from Melbourne-based clubs. I reckon he'll be on an AFL list by this time next year. I know it's a little thing, but he, he's done some immature things, which is the reason he's not on an AFL club right now. But did you see that the last couple of days? And correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's been reported that after winning a Sanford Grand Final, he stayed off the drink. He stayed away from the celebrations to, to have a chat to AFL clubs and try and work his way back in. Do you see that as a sign of maturity, guys? 
I think clubs are very smart, Cam. I reckon they might have tried to book in these Zoom celebrations uh, around his grand final celebrations, knowing that he's got to pick between whether he wants an AFL career or to get on the uh, on the beers. So maybe he's just showing them something that he hasn't in the last couple of seasons. Which, funnily enough, Adam Cooney, who was always going to be pick number one, they got belted in a grand final by about 25 goals. He was horrible as a back pocket and then didn't speak to any other club and the dogs still <laughs> took him. Is that somewhat in the vicinity of truthful, Adam? I spoke to Carlton, who finished second bottom, but um, I was drafted uh, by the Dogs about 12 months out the way I played my junior footy. There you go. Hashtag armchair experts at 7AFL. We'll be back this time tomorrow to talk more trades. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,